Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. The podcast streams on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Blueberry, SoundCloud, and at www.vhha.com. You can also hear episodes of the podcast each Saturday at 11 a.m. on WJFN 100.5 FM in the Richmond area. Please send questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Again, that is pcfpodcast at vhha.com. And with that housekeeping handled, today we are pleased to be joined by two leaders from Centera Healthcare, Chief Diversity Officer Dana Becton and Iris Lundy, the Director of Health Equity. On this episode, we'll discuss efforts at Centera to address diversity and equity issues and how that factors into broader healthcare conversations about the impact of social determinants on health. So welcome to the program, Dana and Iris, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. It is our pleasure. So let's start with health equity as a topic, Iris. If you would, can you discuss your duties with Centera as Director of Health Equity, the type of enterprise issues you're focused on, and how your professional background in nursing and your lived experience factor into your role? Okay. So health equity, we're looking at it across Sentara, but we are trying to be very specific in what we do. So first, let me step back and talk a little bit about health equity, because I get that question quite often, what is health equity? So, you know, there's a difference between equity and equality, and equity is making sure that everyone has what they need to live their best life. So that's what we're trying to do when we talk about equity. So it's not treating you equally, but making sure you have what you need. And I would say for my lived experience, I am an African-American woman. I've served uh, in the military. Both of my parents are deceased, one from heart disease, one from stroke. And we know that these are things that attack uh, people of color, uh, minorities. And so um, doing work in this space is really important to me personally. And you mentioned heart disease and diabetes, and those are conditions that folks who are working on population health causes uh, and social factors that impact it. Here at the VHHA, we have the Partnering for Healthy Virginia initiative in tandem with the Virginia Department of Health that are focusing on those two conditions. Are those, you know, when you talk about health equity, are those some of the conditions that uh, have sort of drawn your attention or are on your radar? Absolutely. And and if I said diabetes in respect to my parents, my apologies, one is heart disease, the other one is stroke. But as a focus for Centera, yes, we're looking at hypertension, diabetes, we're looking at prostate cancer, we're looking at some procedures. Also, uh, we're looking at hospice and palliative care utilization. Uh, so those are some of the things that we are currently working on. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. Dana, you have the role of Chief Diversity Officer at Centera with a focus that includes operationalizing the health system's diversity and inclusion plan. You've had related professional responsibilities at health systems in Delaware and Pennsylvania, as I understand it. I'm interested to hear how you approach this work at Centera, particularly at a moment in time when there is a lot of evolution in societal attitudes and views and even changes in how the workforce of the future views itself in relation to the workplace. Thank you. Um, Yes, Actually, our societal changes and, and how DNI is being viewed really is the impetus for creating this role here at Centera. There's a recognition of the need to address opportunities as it relates to our workforce, as it relates to how we engage with each other, 
and how we also engage out in the community. So my role in the evolution, evolution of this work has really been how do we make sure that all voices are being heard, that all considerations are being taken as it relates to how we provide care, because one of the things that I've, that I've learned and that others in this space have really come to recognize, our employees will drive our patient experience. So how our employees are experiencing Centera can go a very long way to impacting how our patients also relate to Centera and how they receive care. And our my work is really related to Iris's work as it as we we have these conversations around diversity, around inclusion. Well, that's interesting perspective, and I appreciate you sharing it. And if I understand correctly, um, I used to live in Philadelphia, so I think I've heard that you have a Philadelphia connection. I mentioned Pennsylvania. Is it correct that at one point early in your career you worked in, in transit, and that gave you an interesting lens on sort of people and society at large? Is that correct? Yes, I am born. I was born and raised in Philadelphia, and at one point in my career, I was a Philadelphia SEPTA bus driver for about 10 years. And through that experience, um, Philadelphia is a microcosm of neighborhoods. So I could start off my bus route in one neighborhood, and by the time I got to the end of the line, I have gone through five different cultures through that route. And it was very distinct each each segment of that bus route. So that gave me a lens and a view of diversity with, within the city of Philadelphia. But then as it personally was related to me, even trying to advance my career and grow into a career, there were struggles that I had to overcome based off of perceptions of what I was qualified and not qualified to do because I was a bus driver. And I had a turning point when an insurance company actually interviewed me, and the value that they saw in me was because I was a bus driver. So that was really a switching point for me, and it's something that I've carried with me in terms of not wanting to put people in boxes because of what society or others might see as somebody's limits or limit limitations. Well, that's a great personal story, and I appreciate you sharing it with me. And I will just say from personal experience, I have been on SEPTA more than once in, in my life. And I will, not, I will not put you on the spot and ask you your favorite cheesesteak place in the city because that is probably an unhealthy question and pro- also probably a pretty, pretty divisive topic. So we'll, we'll move on. Iris, one of the issues of health equity that's receiving attention in Virginia at this moment is related to maternal and infant mortality disparity rates among African-American mothers and babies. We're recording this episode with you two in mid-December, and just this week, Governor Ralph Northam proposed $22 million in state funding to reduce racial disparities in this area as part of the goal to eliminate these disparities in maternal mortality by 2025. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention noted that black mothers die at a rate that is 3.3 times greater than white mothers, even though many pregnancy-related deaths are, are preventable. And as I mentioned before, here at the association, our members are active on maternal health issues and reducing disparities through the Partnering for a Healthy Virginia initiative and working on population health and, and addressing some of those social factors we talked about. Given given what's happening now, I wonder sort of what your reaction is to the news that there appears to be some momentum around this work and these concepts and, and sort of how we build on that foundation. Yeah, so I'm really excited. Uh, I was there yesterday uh, 
Governor Northam made the announcement, and there is a um, task force that I was invited to to be a part of. So we're there and trying to work out some of these things yesterday. But I'm excited. I'm excited about what we within Centero will do with that. I know in 2020 that will be a personal goal of ours to, to look at that also. We're starting with the data collection and then looking to see, you know, why do we have this disparity? And then how can we work uh, within Centera and external to Centera, creating partnerships to to address some of these issues? And Dana, when we discuss health conditions and out health outcomes, it's important to understand the role a diverse and inclusive workforce can have on patient safety and experience, and on something as simple as a patient feeling comfortable seeking medical help or advice. From your perspective as the Chief Diversity Officer at Centera, what are the hallmarks of a workplace that embodies that kind of thought and consideration? I think first and foremost, it has any organization has to have the ability to have the tough conversations. When you think about, I'll, I'll go with the example that Iris just gave, when we talk about um, maternal well-being, there's a story about Kira Johnson that has been very popular. It's real-life story of a young woman who was healthy, who had, was from a decent economic background, and really when you boiled it down, the only discernible factor for her was that she was African-American. And she passed away hours after giving birth. We have to be able to have the conversations with staff between staff around how do you mitigate things like unconscious bias and mindsets towards um, how we listen to patients, how we listen to patients who are different from us so that we can provide better care for them. So that conversation piece is first and foremost. Secondly, lived experience. Iris used a term earlier around her lived experience. I have a lived experience. We have lived experiences that can influence and impact how we make decisions, can influence and impact how we view patients and their families when they interact with us. If we're not comfortable and we are not at that table when those decisions are being made, we are missing a perspective that otherwise um, could really impact patient care. So having those conversations and the ability to have those conversations and having the language to use around those conversations and then also having an atmosphere where different lived perspectives are at the table, those are two of the main components of what we need to do and how we need to grow with Centera as well as other healthcare organizations. I want to thank you both for sharing those insights uh, and those personal anecdotes. They're, they're, they're powerful, and also for the work that you're doing uh, focusing on these important issues. Before we go, we will close with a question that we ask all of our guests on VHHA's Patients Come First podcast. It's one that we borrow from a popular BBC program, and the question is this. If you were stranded on a deserted island, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you? And we will spot you a copy of the religious text of your choice. So other than your preferred religious text, what one book, one album, and one movie would you take with you to keep yourself occupied? And Iris, we will start with you. Oh, wow. Um, you might have to start with Dana. I'm going to need a second to think about that. 
Okay. Dana, the old swisheroo. I'm ready to go. Okay. I would definitely say an earlier Stephen King book, something like It would probably be my book, my my, my go-to book. My go-to album would be Al Jarreau's. Um, I have one or two, but I would say either Live in London or there's another, and you would think that I, as much as that's all I've got, those those would be one of the two. Any any Algebra album, really. And then one movie. Hmm. That one will probably be the hardest one for me, but I would say it would either be Lord of the Rings or any musical. Okay. Is there a particular musical that's your favorite? Hmm. So Godspell was a musical that I got to see in New York, and I actually got to be in in high school. And to this day, still know all the words, still know the moves. So I would say something like Godspell would probably be one of my favorites. Okay. Well, respect on the Al reference. That's a deep cut right there. <laughs> All right, Iris, now that you've had a moment to ponder, what do you think? Okay, well, for the album, I pro- I'm kind of old school, so I probably would take something by Mahalia Jackson, if that's okay. How I made it over, I had to cry the midnight hour, coming on over. But you know my... And probably anything. And for the movie... <laughs> This is going to sound silly, but I really like the movie Frozen, and I think because that speaks to all generations. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. So it's something that I've enjoyed with my children and grandchildren. And for the book, um, Man, I am still kind of drawing on that one. Um, I was just reading a really good book about um, probably like love languages, the, the five, I can't think of the title of it, but it's like the, the five different love languages. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I really enjoy that book. Okay. Have you seen Frozen 2 yet with your children or grandchildren? I have not. We are looking forward to it. We're going to do something like that over the holidays. Okay. Well, on that note, I will thank both of you again for joining us and wish you both happy holidays because that brings us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so that you will know when new episodes are available. And thanks again to our guests, Dana Becton and Iris Lundy of Centera Healthcare. My pleasure. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. 